They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What's good, SoundCloud.com and iTunes? What's good? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Thanks for all the support. Follow us on Twitter, Happy Love Podcast. Yada, 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 yada. Johnny Mita, what's up? Eagles stink. What do you got? Woo! Dude, they stink, man. Wow. Where, where do I begin with that atrocious effort that I had to witness? Well, hang on. Let's let's, turn- let, let's 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 try and put this into context here, right? Because at one point, this was the 3-0 football team. You and I got all geeked up. Stupid of us to do so. The wheels have completely <laughs> fallen off the bus now. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Sunday was one of the most wretched performances in recent memory. Now, I know Chip Kelly lost some big games as an Eagles coach, but I don't remember, and again, this might be short-sighted of me. Maybe I should have done a little bit more research. But this loss, I'm seeing a lot of Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Poopy Peterson is is a mini version of Andy Reid. And some of the stuff I'm seeing, some of the some of the mind-boggling, just pathetic effort that has come out the last two weeks has to fall at the feet of the coach at some level, in my opinion. And this is one of the worst losses I can remember in a long time. And I don't know if it's just because I got a friend out here, a guy I've known a while, is a Bengals fan, and he came over and watched the game with me. He didn't say anything to his credit. I think he knew I might throw him out of the house. But it was just piss poor all the way around. Just such a, a, a disappointing loss. You know, you go on the road. Granted, the season's pretty much over already. But then lay an egg in the first half and not be much better in the second half and lose 32-14 to 14 to a lowly Bengals team was about as flat out as embarrassing as it gets. I mean, is there anything to argue with there? No, nothing to argue. Uh, it kind of had that same feel. Uh, the home game against Washington last year where the Eagles just came out and laid, laid an egg and kind of that was the end of Chip Kelly. And it was just... I think I think the thing that's going to get everyone here, the thing that's going to drive people crazy, the, the, the stuff that just pisses Eagles fans off, it's just the total lack of effort, Joe. There were so many plays in that game, and I'm thinking to myself, like, come on, boys, like, show a little, show a little effort, show a little moxie. You know, they get their doors blown off. Here's the deal, right? It's not like they were facing the Patriots or yeah. some type of juggernaut. This team is three and seven. Their season's pretty much over. And let's take a look at the defense. Because recently, this was the strength of the football team yep. at the start of the year on that 3 0 start. And lately, you look at the statistics, this team has been getting torched, Joe. Yeah. Torched. They've been giving up last six games, 26 points a game. They made Andy, Andy Dalton, he doesn't even have his best receiver, he doesn't have his versatile running back, two great weapons. For the Bengals, he's throwing the no names off the street, and he looks unbelievable. Yeah. He carved them up like Thanksgiving turkey, the Red Rocket, and it was just embarrassing. And another week without an Eagles sack. 
where the hell is the pressure? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this, we can criticize, you know, Coach Peterson is deservingly so. You know, I was a proponent of, of Jim Schwartz. But after hearing this guy today, you should have heard him today. He's talking about, I don't think it's a lack of effort. It's just a lack of energy. No. People on your defense quit in that game. And it was embarrassing. And there were several plays. And at some point, you got to hold these guys accountable. And these guys are cashing major checks. Fletcher Cox, Vinny Curry. You know, the only guy that I say that just didn't, that's always busting it every time he's out there is Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham continues to give effort on every play. Yep. Everybody else, you know, I'm little in these corners. My God. They just did a breakdown on TV on CSN Philly here. And they were just saying that, you know, Barrett Brooks, you know, one of the guys, and Night Grease, and they just laid out. They're like, they don't think these guys are studying the film. And who does that fall back on? That's preparation by the coaches. Jim Schwartz, I know it's not really in his scheme to blitz. And, and Doug Peterson, they kind of asked him in his press conference, like, you know, should you change up the scheme? Should you get with Jim? They got to do something else because the last six games, giving up 26 points a game, I don't care how damn good your offense is. If you're giving up 26 points a game, you're not going to win in this league. You know, the bar is the ultimate goal for defense, like the great Jim Johnson, our beloved defensive coordinator here in Philadelphia. His goal each and every game was let's not let up more than 17 points a game. If we let up 17 points or less, we have a great shot to win it. But when you're getting towards the, the Bengals scored on what, six of their first possessions? Oh, it was embarrassing. Just, it's, it's just atrocious. And the play calling, offensive side of the ball, listen, I know when made some bad throws. He's got more interceptions. It looks like he is digressing big time here. But the play calling is crappy. It's so vanilla. And it's so vanilla. So there are, it's the there's got to be – there has to be a matchup to exploit somewhere. And I know the wide yeah. receivers, especially without Jordan Matthews, are below grade and it's not even close. I'm starting to long the days for Riley Cooper. Bring back yeah. Riley Cooper. Is he in the CFL? Is he in the arena league? Where is Riley Cooper when you really need him? Oh, uh, you know. I mean, I, look, he was, I, I seriously, I hate Riley Cooper with such a passion. Words can barely describe it. I would have driven him to the airport last year. I would literally take him back on this football team. And, 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 to God, Joe. and the announcers. The thing is he would be the second best. He would be. The he would be. And the yeah. announcers were literally giving praise to Nelson Aguilar. During that uh, football game. Are you kidding me? Uh, they were like, oh, what a perform!" Nelson Aguilar, he needed that catch. Oh, Nelson Aguilar. Wow. I mean, are, are you guys, are, were they serious? Then they flash up his numbers. He had like know. three catches for 15 yards. I don't know. And one of them was, it was crazy. I mean, and, and I do like Charles Davis. I don't know if I like him as a color commentator. I kind of like him more as like a breakdown studio analyst type deal. But, I mean, the cover, those commentators were around. Nelson Aguilar finished uh, four catches for a measly 23 yards. And they were yeah, literally so how, praising him in the second half. Yeah, so how cold do you want that case of beer shipped to your house? Because there's no way in the world Nelson Aguilar is getting over 50 catches or whatever. I can't believe you even remembered that bet. Here's what I got oh, for God. you. I, I told you when the Eagles are 3-0, and my bold prediction, they were going to win 9-0. and Not only am I an idiot, I now think the Eagles are going to lose out. <laughs> I, I uh, who are they going to beat? Who are they going to beat? 
I know after watching that game, I kind of feel the same way. And I, I, I hate Johnny Mita to, to overreact to one win or one loss. And I, I read some stuff from Philly.com, some of the columnists. This loss shows you just how far they have to go, just how far they are away from contending. Don't even consider next year. I read all that. And I'm, I'm not going to jump off that bridge, all right? I'm not going to tell you that they're not going to win next year because a lot can change in one year in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to tell you that Carson Wentz now is is garbage and he won't produce. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go that overboard because, let's be honest. A few weeks ago, they beat the Atlanta Falcons and looked like a competent football team. I know the National Football League. Every week, you can have your ebbs and flows. I I, I would I would like to just chalk this one up to a just god awful performance for some reason. Maybe that loss to the Packers. Everybody on the team said, "Well, that's it." Dallas is rolling. The Redskins are rolling. The Giants are two games in front of us. We're done, and I could see that. I, I came on this airwaves, you know, on the, on, a, on the Brotherly Love podcast last week and said it's over. They lost to the Packers. Season's over. I didn't expect the football team to come out and play like that, but they did. So I'm not going to tell you that this team's going to stink now for two or three years and they have all these holes to fill. They do have some deficiencies, but at the end of the day, they now have a franchise quarterback who, at this point in time, I still believe in. I just don't know that they're going to win a game the rest of the year. If uh, you know, if they come out and play, if they don't play at least three times as well or three times better than they just played on Sunday in Cincinnati, they will lose out, plain and simple, because it was a terrible performance Sunday. Yeah, it was so awful, and you know, people, quarterback, it's just the play calling. I, I just it, they run the same stuff every week, and my God. You know, to help your quarterback out, what do coaches do? It's so obvious. And that's the disheartening part is the fact that it's so obvious that every fan sees it. But to help your quarterback out, try to establish a run. Don't abandon no, it. It's abandoned the before game. the game starts, man. Uh, the fact that Carson went through the ball 60 times is a 60 joke. 60 times? I know they were down, but my God. 60 times, we're lucky his arm didn't fall off, I know. God's sake. I know, and he's taking big <laughs> shots, and he's throwing picks, yeah. and he's the kid's beating himself yeah. up. Frank Reich said oh it today. God. The losses are, are they're taking a toll. This kid's never lost in his life. And they yeah. put him in yeah. a spot. It, you know, they made the trade. We're putting him in bubble wrap. He's in bubble wrap yeah. for the whole year. And you and yeah. I, well, whatever, Sam Bradford, maybe it's 7-19, maybe they make the playoffs, whatever. And then they make the Bradford trade, anoint him the starter days before the season starts, even though he hadn't played. They get off to the hot start. They look like geniuses. And now they look like freaking idiots. Oh, God. I mean, and, and you, just look at, you just look at the talent on this team, Joe, top to bottom. And you look at positions that need to be filled. And you could go down the list. And in all likelihood, you probably need two new corners. You need two new wide receivers. You probably need another linebacker. You definitely probably need an offensive line. How about running back? Ryan Matthews can't stay healthy. It's been his career, man. Fumbles and and staying off the field because of injury. And now he's, you know, he's soft. Here's the thing that bothers me. There are so many soft football players on this team, it's absurd. Zach Ertz is soft. I'm sorry, he is. Ryan Matthews is soft. Okay? Nelson Aguilar is soft. You can't win yeah. in December on the road, at home, on Mars when you're soft. And they're, they're a it's soft not. football team. Oh, there you are. Soft and guess what? Paper. Guess what? Their head coach, he's soft too, Bubba. This just in. Yep. 
Yep. No, you're right about that. And Joe, give me one play. I just want to give you one play. Yeah. It just, I had to rewind 17 times because it fits me off so much. Tell me one play that stuck out in your mind. But the one play that stuck out for me, right? Yeah. Kenyon Barner, it's returning a kick, right? Now, I don't even know this guy's first name on the team, and it's probably good we don't even mention his first team, his first name, because he's that terrible. A guy named Brooks. I don't know what his name is. He's running side by side with Kenyon Barner. All he has to do is turn up field on the kicker turn and blow the kicker to pieces. Then Barner has a cutback lane, and he probably gets another 20 yards on the kicker turn. Right. And he's running side by side like he's going to give him water in a marathon. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm watching him like, what? I rewind him. I'm watching him come back. Like, what the hell is Brooks doing? He's sitting there running side by side with the guy instead of turning his head up field looking to take somebody out. Of course, you know, the kicker gets a hand on Barner. Right. He gets tripped up, slows him down. I'm like, that's the type of crap in the penalties, Joe. The penalties, oh. my God, 45 pre-snap penalties on this team so far this year. 45? Are I you know. kidding me? I know. And, and, I, and I, saw the, I saw that lame excuse about, you know, they have defenses now are disguising coverages. And so Wentz is trying to decipher at the line and he's changing plays and guys are moving around. I don't want to hear any of that, okay? Be prepared. This team is not prepared. They have started slowly week after week after that great start where they were the team jamming it down the opponent's throat, scoring on the first drive. Now we're deferring to the second half all the time. And the defense has given up you know, big play after big play and the penalties, roughing the passer, and 15 yards for this and the horse collar tag. Like, Nigel Bradham... Brabham, whatever the hell is it, he's a meathead, all right? He's a good player when he's not taking 15-yard penalties. It's just, it makes me sick. It's almost comical, some of the stuff that went on on Sunday. And I don't know, honestly, how it gets better. Doug Peterson has lost his football team, plain and simple. And I'll tell you one thing. Last year, that meaningless last game of the year, when Fritz Shermer was coaching, whatever the hell his name is, Pat Shermer, Steve Shermer, Jim Shermer, one of the Shermers was coaching, yeah. all right? They didn't quit. They won. Yeah. You know? So say yeah. what you will about Chip Kelly and Shermer and all this stuff, Sam Bradford. They went out yeah. there with absolutely nothing to play for, and they beat the Giants the final week. And they didn't quit. They quit on Sunday on Doug Peterson. That should be the most concerning thing for Poopy Peterson moving forward. He's lost yeah, the locker Joe. room. Joe, and that leads me to my question for you. You know, you're Howie Rosen right now. You're Jeffrey Lurie. You're an upper manager. You know, do you get rid of Peterson or do you give this time, this thing time to develop? Oh, there's no way he gives him up. There is no way he's going to stand behind Poopy Peterson. Look, I was shocked no, with the Chip Kelly do? firing. I know what they're going to do, but what would you do? Would I didn't want to hire him. Right I didn't want to hire him in the first place. I told you that. And then I was drinking yeah, I the Kool Aid because I thought, hey, good guy. They bought in. At the end of the day, good guys finishing last. And I should have seen it coming, should have seen the wheels falling off this bus, a few injuries, their lack of depth shows up, you got a rookie quarterback, a league that catches on very quickly to what you're trying to do, and over time there's tape on how to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles, and it looks easy right now. It is just keep them in front of you, 
Keep them in front of you. Keep them in front of you. At some point, they're going to take penalties to back themselves up. They're going to turn the football over. And then when you have the ball in the Eagles' defense, just look for the home run play. Because as you hit on, their cornerbacks right now are struggling. And they're not getting pressure yeah. with the front four. I, there's about five guys on this team that I would keep right now. And the rest of the team I absolutely hate. Uh, I'm telling you. Yeah. Jordan Matthews and Carson yeah. Wentz. Okay? That's it. Pretty much on offense. Oh, Darren Sproles, excuse me. Because I'll never, you know, the guy's got a broken rib and he's still going out there and playing football. And on defense, I keep Malcolm Jenkins and and Brandon Graham. You know, and obviously Jordan Fle- Hicks. Jordan Hicks. Yes, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is a beast. I, I know he's not do- having the numbers, and- yeah. but you know you can't give up on a guy with that kind of talent. And that's pretty much it. Was that six players? Yeah. Trey Burton. Yeah. Excuse me. I'd keep Trey Burton. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's it's. It's so bad. I, well, I did see my first double move. I did see that. Yeah, how'd that work out? There was one silver line. Well, Carson didn't make the throw. Yeah. But uh, it's amazing what a double move. <laughs> you can find yourself wide open. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right, let's anyway. let's get to the next question here, and, and that is what is left to evaluate? What is left to evaluate yeah. in the final few games? Obviously, the season is over. Uh, Flyers have won six in a row. The Sixers have Embiid. The Phillies made a trade. Pretty soon, the Brotherly Love podcast, I'm not even going to mention these clowns because Sunday's performance, I literally wanted to come on the air with you today and in five minutes just dispatch this awful loss and talk about other things in Philadelphia sports. That's where we're going moving forward if the Eagles keep this nonsense up. So with that said, what is left for the Eagles as far as keeping Philadelphia's attention and not letting the stadium look like Cincinnati's did on Sunday and the Jets stadium did last night, which is the third full? Yeah. Um, hey, I think it's a wake-up call for everybody on the roster. Now, are you going to be on this team moving forward? Um, there's a lot of positions. I mean, there's just – if they can't see what the glaring weaknesses on this football team are, then, you know, and I'm personally – this is what I'm going to do, Joe, and we'll get your input and we'll send a letter to Howie Roseman. Love it. Okay, from the Brother in Love podcast. One NovaCare Complex. And me, exactly. And we are going to break down some players that we want. The off-season plan. I love it. And players that we want. And there's a couple kids, cornerbacks, that I want them to draft. And I'm just going to start giving a regular endorsement. And it's just, I'm so sick and tired of these other teams that have success because they find a way to draft well. Because our drafts have been so crappy. And you can see... Not only did Chip Kelly strip this team of all these weapons and position players, okay, but these draft picks that they've made over the last couple of years, now I'm on board with the Wentz wagon, don't get me wrong. But if you look in years past, I mean, we've done nothing to improve our football team. And that's why the, the organizations like the Steelers, the Patriots, you know, I don't care what it costs. Like, Joe, you sent me that list, that Jimmy Kemsky list, yeah. Of the defensive backs that this team has drafted since 2003 or whatever, it is the most deplorable list I've ever I know. seen. I know. And these guys aren't even in the league anymore. I know. My whole thing is this, Howie. Howie, you want to get something right, Howie? Here's the deal, okay? First of all, whoever scouted defensive backs, he needs to be fired tomorrow morning. <laughs> I don't know if you got the list, but we'll forward the list to Howie, okay? That guy's got to get fired. But I basically, I take guys that are good at what their job is, and I don't. I pay them a boatload of money to improve these decisions. And I know they got a new guy from Baltimore who kind of studied under Ozzie Newsom. I hope that works out. But at the same time, man, it starts right there. 
because yeah, you've, of player evaluation. Right. Even with three agents. I mean, they brought in two, two, you know, this team is lacking a veteran-type wide receiver presence. A guy that I always love is a guy like Dan Quan Bowles. Yep. You brought up the name a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he they was need, available. They need, yeah, they need a risk. He was available, even this offseason. They need a guy like that. And they just missed. They went after Ruben Randall and Chris Givens, and they didn't even make the damn football team. I know. It's, and I'll tell you what, Frank Gore looks good. Oh, yes, Frank yeah, you think he's liking his decision? The fact instead, that instead of the out? instead of the carousel yeah. that's been Ryan Matthews and Demarco Murray, oh, has plugged uh-huh. Frank Gore in and Sproles is your change of pace back. Boom. I don't know. Look, it, it's easy to have hindsight. It's twenty twenty, of course, but you've been saying it for years. The Eagles need a general manager with a football background, somebody pulling the trigger on these moves that can get it done. And I'm sorry. They don't have that, Howie. No offense, but that's the bottom line. It's it's the absolute bottom line. You were screaming about it about this time last year, or you know just you know in the off season they needed to add somebody like that. They didn't do it. They gave the keys to the car right back to Howie again. And unfortunately, look, I love Jeffrey Lurie to death because he's a passionate Eagles fan and he's brought this team great success over a long tenure. But if this turns out to be a three- or four-year rebuilding plan, I'm literally going to jump off the wall Whitman. I cannot stomach it. This was not supposed to be part of the plan. I'm sorry. And if it is, if it is a rebuild, just come out and say it for crying out loud. The Sixers did it. Trust the process, baby. People bought in, and guess what? The losing sucked for a while, but now look at them. Is there more excitement for a Philadelphia sports team than the Sixers right now? Am I missing something? No, I mean, I mean, Embiid's a must-see every night. And right. When they get Simmons back, no, you're right. I mean, it was horrible. It was painful to yeah. watch. Yeah, and I and I and didn't he, I didn't live and die with the losses, so it's easy for me to say. I didn't watch one of those 160 losses over four years or whatever, <laughs> three years. Like, it, yeah. I'm sure as a diehard Sixers fan, it would have been gut wrenching, but at least you knew the plan was to get better long term. For the Philadelphia Eagles, and a city as passionate about football as Philadelphia is, they won't admit it. They keep trying to get in at seven, nine and seven, ten and six, wild card. No, the division now has shifted. Unfortunately for the Eagles, the Giants all of a sudden appear to be respectable. I'm not sure how the hell that happened overnight. But the Redskins have a franchise quarterback, whether you like it or not, Kirk Cousins. I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid, but the sample size now is large enough. This guy is at least legit. And they have offensive skill players and always a you know, a sturdy defense. The Dallas Cowboys appear on their way. Again, small sample size, but they could be great for a long time. So if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you better figure it out real quick before you turn into the Cleveland Browns. Ironically enough, the team that got all the Eagles draft picks for the next 78 years so the Eagles could get the ginger general and then put zero talent around him in year one and let him get his face bashed in on a miserable Sunday in freaking Cincinnati. Amen, brother. <laughs> all right. I don't know. I didn't even answer the question. I don't know what's left to evaluate. Evaluate getting a new GM, and the owner needs to evaluate yeah. what the hell's going on. That's what needs to be evaluated. Jeffrey Lurie needs to take off the green-colored glasses, forget about the energy conservation and his his sexy wife sitting next to him in the press box, like his, thir- his 13th wife he's on or whatever he's got going on. Forget all that arm candy and figure it out. Because you hired a yes man for a head coach, a yes man for a general manager, happens to celebrate the same 
religious holidays you do, and the football team stinks right now. And I'm tired of it. Yeah. And if this continues, I literally will stop watching. I almost turned the game off in the first half. I was this close to just turning it off because it was that awful and embarrassing. And, like, I don't even want to – like, who wants to be an Eagles fan with that type of dredge? Yeah, it was It was just – it's hard to stomach, man. And can we even watch for the next couple of weeks? I mean, that's – I mean, the Redskins might beat them by six touchdowns on Sunday. I know. And I got the – they, 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 they have owned the Eagles for, what, two years now? Yeah, and this I mean, one, absolutely. this one on paper. Now, granted, it's the NFL. Who the hell knows? But this one on paper, they should be a fourteen-point favorite. Yeah. What's the line? Have you seen the line? Haven't seen the line. That's a good call. I'm sure it's probably Washington favored by five. That would be my initial. Should be by seventy-five. <laughs> what else you got going on, brother? How are things? Uh, everything else good for you? Yeah, everything else is good for me. Um, you know, Nova Hoops, they keep on rocking. Had another big five test tonight, but got the job done at the Palestra against the South. So the Cats are the number one team in the nation, so that's a bright spot in this area. They continue to march forward to the fact that Kentucky got beat by UCLA over the weekend. Yep, yep. Fantastic. Yep. I love just watching Kentucky lose as much as I would love to watch Duke lose. Uh, so that was good. And uh, and we got to get some up to the Philadelphia Flyers right now, Joe, and they just won their sixth game tonight, and what an impressive game. Of course, they give up a goal late, so you're thinking, oh, crap, here we go to overtime. And then they just dominated overtime. They basically controlled the puck the entire overtime. They kept peppering Florida's goaltender, and their perseverance you know, paid off, and they word check at the game winner. And it's like, they haven't won six games, Joe. This is a crazy fact that, I, that they brought up. Since 2011. I know. Six-game win streak. So, they're playing on fire. Big kudos to Steve Mason. He's really stepped up his game. As far as goaltending goes, the guy's been just been, you know, unflappable lately. And their power play. I mean, their power play, we've talked about it. Uh, for years, they were struggling, Joe. You would see they would just move the puck around, tic-tac-toe, and they would never take enough shots. But right now, that is one of the strengths of this hockey team, and it, it's carrying them on it. Wayne Simmons, your boy, Black Jesus, man, two goals again tonight. He's a beast. Uh, he's been on. He's been on fire, and uh, it's great to see, man. So the Flyers are coming back, which is nice. We knew that you know, they get this young defense in. They've had a couple injuries. Sean Couturier, he's been on the shelf a little bit, but they get some of these players back, and uh, you know they could. Hey, look, it could be a good run for them. So I know. I was about awesome. to write them off a couple days ago, man. They were a game below 500, and I'm like, this isn't good enough. This isn't what the expectation was a few weeks back. I mentioned Mason's numbers were inflated, but it's amazing what a little bit of confidence for a goaltender does and a team does. Now you get rolling a bit. You expect to win every night, whereas before it was like, oh, one bad mistake, this happened, tough loss here, cough up a lead there. You, you, you get no mojo. Now they've got mojo. Let's see what kind of run they can go on. Six in a row in the wind column. Love it. Black Jesus is the man. And uh, Ivan yeah. Provorov for, I don't know, the Calder Ooh. Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Probably going to be tough with Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine in the conversation. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that you know, he's be. he's turning into one of the best defensemen on the team. I just saw a tweet tonight. You know, I wasn't able, unable to watch the game because we had a game here in uh, oh, lovely yeah. Des Moines. But, yeah, he started, he started the overtime, and the follow-up tweet was, uh, pretty clearly the Flyers' best defenseman right now. You know, if the coach is putting you out there to start OT as the only D-man, it says something. 
Yeah, well, he made a great play. You didn't get to see it, but I'll just clue Emery. So, essentially, you know how overtime works. It's essentially a fast break. Up and down, you go. And Provorov, basically, he did one of these things where, you know, somebody was coming at him, and they had an alley. It was kind of a two-on-one. And he kind of faked that he was going to go down and slide, like that he was t- attacking the one player on the right. And he just slid right over, sacrificed his body, you know, made the save itself. It almost looked like Mason made the save, but he sacrificed his body and went off his leg, and then it went the other way. He made a tremendous play tonight. And for a rookie, man, you got to love that. That's the Flyers. How many years, Joe, have we been talking that they've just lacked some good, speedy defensemen, guys that can skate, guys that can be an offense? Homegrown defensemen. Homegrown. Even better. Even better. So that's great to see. You know, moving forward, they could be a big topic of conversation. I guess the other thing is hot stove. The Phillies have done absolutely nothing. They've oh, they signed a reliever. Yeah, they signed a reliever. Uh, they signed a reliever. Everybody else is making moves. They've been dead quiet. But there is some talk they might go after J, uh, what is it, J.D. Martinez, corner outfielder for Detroit, a big slugger. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, that's pretty much you know what's going on here, but uh, I'm telling you, brother, if the, if the Eagles keep this nonsense up, it's going to be nothing but Nova Nation, Philly's hot yeah. stove, and Flyers and Sixers, yeah. and I'm fine with it. I'll watch more yeah. Flyers and Sixers games if I have to. I'll tape them and watch them on Sunday instead of the garbage Philadelphia Eagles effort. And no doubt, no doubt. All right, what do you got? What do you got before we get out of here? Well, one of our avid podcast listeners, his name is Mina Mishrinky, and he said, "Listen, this team is not going to get better." Until they go back to Kelly Green. <laughs> I'm down with that. I'm down with that. You know what? You wanna know why you wanna know why you don't see more Kelly Green? I got this from the Eagles Pro Shop, one of the employees this summer when I popped in there. I said, Man, I'm looking yeah. for like a vintage Kelly Green long sleeve. You guys have like no Kelly Green. And he said Jeffrey yeah. Laurie came up with the new color scheme. That's why you see mostly the new color scheme. Yeah. Because that's his baby. That's his child. He's protecting his investment. And that was his design. It makes yeah. sense business-wise, but it sucks. Yeah. We need to change, man. I love we need it. To change. Kelly Green all day, brother. All right. Johnny Mead, I love you long time. Uh, yeah, big up to Penn State, though, man. Yeah. Penn State. Now, that was a team that was down and out 28-7. to For an unbelievable performance to come back. And other big story needs to people get mad because we don't talk any Temple, but Temple losing their head coach, Matt Rule, to Baylor today. That was a big blow for the Owls football team. Well, I don't know if Dave DeBello still listens to the podcast, but he's an Owls alum. He'll love it. <laughs> all right. It's the all BL right, yeah. podcast. Appreciate all the support on iTunes and SoundCloud. And I don't know, maybe the Eagles get their heads out of their proverbial asses and figure it out on Sunday. Till next time, we'll see Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.